Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 243 of the Drunk Dashers Podcast. I'm your host, as always. I'm Tyler. And joining me, we have the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sir Colonel Gables. What's up, buddy? Yo, man, I am doing fantastic at the moment. I mean, as we're recording, it's Sunday, it's Christmas Eve, I'm feeling kind of festive. At least uh, I'm not listening to the fucking, like, track Susie Snowflake at work, you know, because... Let me tell you something, man. When you work at retail, and you hear the exact same, like, five, ten songs on loop, you absolutely feel like you want to strangle somebody. (laughs) It's just the Creed Christmas album over and over again. Oh my god! Oh my god! No, 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 man! It's like, here's the thing: we had a mixture of Christmas music to start off the season, and then customers started complaining because they wanted to hear the old Christmas music, Ugh. and so it started to transform into like a mixture of like modern and like certain Christmas music to 1950s Christmas music, and I'm like, oh my freaking god! You know, it's like, oh, here comes Susie Snowflake. And every time Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer came on, I basically was like, I was just trying to create up some alternative to something <laughs> like that, where it's like Rudolph the Red-Nosed <laughs> the red <nose> Asshole. You know? <laughs> it's like, then one foggy Christmas Eve, Santa came to say, I can't see what Santa came to say. He's like, Rudolph with your ass so big, why don't you guide my ass tonight? You know, <laughs> stuff like that, you know. Then, also, it was my, it was one of the, funniest things that i came up with while trying to like uh talk to my co-worker and stuff like that it's like the scene from family guy where peter's drunk and it's like yeah, but, but, it's like 12 maids of milk 11 maids of milk and it's oh, like yeah it's like five maids, maids of, of milk <laughs> every time that song would come up and it was like five something like i would just almost sit around like five maids of milk <laughs> Oh man, but yeah, it's like other than that though, it's it's been interesting NFL stuff, this and that and stuff. But I'm doing all right. How about you, Tyler? No, I'm doing all right though, man. It's uh, you know, like I said, it's Christmas Eve. Uh, our uh, my plan at work is closed for the week, so I got I got a nice little ten day vacation. There you uh, go. Yeah. Uh, so that's been nice. We had some family over uh, Saturday night. Um, that's why we're recording on Sunday. Uh, and then I had some family over again this uh, this afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my family and I, m- my parents and my sister and I, we did our uh, Christmas gift opening uh, on Saturday night instead of, you know, we lately, since we're all older now, we usually just do it on Christmas Eve. But uh, this year we actually did it on the 23rd. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's been, other than that, pretty cool. I got some, actually got some cool gifts. I guess I can run through them. Uh, a little bit, kind of keep it somewhat gaming related. I got a, my cousin gave me a $25 PSN card. Oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah. So I'm going to go, th- I haven't gone through them yet, but I'm going to look at the, there's a big flash sale going on right now. So I was going to check some stuff Oh, out there. dude, there are some great games in the flash 
sale right now for PS4, and quite frankly, there's going to be even more coming through this Thursday. I, I've heard. Oh, okay. So I might just uh, hold on to it then. If there's nothing pulling, you know, pulling at me, uh, my sister gave me a twenty-five dollar GameStop gift card. There you so, go. My you know, family knows it really well. Uh, and then uh, my sister also gave me a uh, Friday the Thirteenth, the game for PS4. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So that's I haven't played it yet. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to play that one. I get all set and ready to go. And we got to campaign the things with the talking ship, you know, to try to get people together to play that game. Yeah, I know, fuckers. Make make that the new brink. <laughs> Please, I want I want want to play that game with people. That game looks awesome. Uh, and uh, what else? I think I got something else that was game related. I don't remember now. Um, I did also get a pretty cool though. I got a camera for my computer, so now uh, now Gables can has the the um. How do I want to phrase this? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. But now he can look at me while I record. So that's a thing. <laughs> I'll let him decide if that's a good or a bad thing. Um, so, yeah. Uh, we were actually supposed to record on Friday night initially. Because uh, I, I, I was going to work Saturday. So we planned for Sunday. And then I'm like, hey, I don't have to work Saturday. You want to record Friday? And then um, I was telling Gables for the show. Not for sure what caused it. I think it's a combination of a couple things. But, uh I started playing some VR, uh, PSVR, and uh, I was feeling a little queasy going in. I think I had some bad Chinese, but uh, like not not like too terribly bad. But I'm like, oh, I want to check out Counting Plus because I pre-ordered it and it came out I think Tuesday. And then uh, I'm like, all right, I played that for a little bit and I felt fine. I played for like an hour and I didn't really feel any worse than I did before going into it. And then I played. I started playing uh, Farpoint, which is that VR game, and um, it's like Sony's first-person shooter VR game. And about five minutes into the opening cutscene, I just like everything was like I started feeling like I was gonna puke at any moment. So I'm like, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm gonna be okay. I'm gonna be okay. And I kept playing. I got like probably played it for like 20 minutes, and I was just like, I gotta go. So I like ripped the PSVR headset off, sit on the ground, went to the bathroom, had it, uh, I got sick. So yeah, so we didn't end up recording on Friday night, obviously. But uh, but yeah, that's pretty much what's going on with me. You know, uh. Christmas is uh, tomorrow, but it's you know pretty much all the stuff's that way. So it's kind of nice because you know I've been a busy weekend, so it gives my my family kind of a, a Christmas days and kind of be a lazy day for that for everybody here. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Uh, are you? What about you, Gables? You guys do anything for Christmas yet? Or are you guys planning on doing stuff? Um, honestly, we're just probably gonna get like uh, spend a little bit of time at home. Probably visit my one of my brothers and stuff like that. We visited. My uh, other brother and stuff and his girlfriend and the kids and stuff like that today. Brought him a whole bunch of gifts because my mom always likes to overdo it for her granddaughter and yeah. stuff. So it's like, okay. It's just uh, some things that she does in terms of, like, organization stuff. It has me, like, sometimes going up a wall because I have to go underneath my tree and literally get <laughs> every single gift. And I kid you not, she had, like, about freaking 40 or 50 freaking little gifts or oh something my God. like that for everybody. It was stuffed underneath the tree, right? And we, I go through, and I spent the past, like, 30 minutes, I think, going underneath that tree, getting every little bit of decoration, like, every little bit of, like, gifts for her, and, and like, uh, loading it into the vehicle in the back in order to take it to his house. And it's like, oh, my God. It's like, she's not organized, hardly at all. <laughs> that, that, that's just my mom for you and stuff. She's, she's great in terms of things, but, like... Uh, 
when it comes to <laughs> having things planned out in order that things get organized and things, she definitely needs some work on that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, other than that, though, yeah, we're just going to do a little bit of family visiting and then just, like, relax the day in. Well, that's cool. To go always spend uh, Christmas, I think, you know. Hang out with the family. A little, yep. bit of, a little laziness. That's always nice. A little lazy day, you know. Uh, but, yeah, that's, uh, that's cool. Um, but I guess let's jump into uh, kind of what the reason we're here for. And that's to uh, talk about some uh, video games. Um, Gables, you buy... You know what? Fuck it. We're going to do some news first. There's not really a lot going on. Okay. Uh, it's, you know, it's kind of a slow news week. It's been kind of slow lately. Uh, it's the end of the year. I think pretty much everybody's on break now. So it's kind of a slow news cycle anymore. But uh, a few things uh, run through here. And then we kind of had a topic that uh, Gables brought up and I think is an interesting one. Um, but this one, this first one, was more for me. And I was super excited about uh, just... I, I like hysterically started laughing when I heard it. I don't know why, but I just I think at that point I didn't know what else to do. Uh, but Catherine, uh, it was a game from uh, I want to say like two thousand nine or ten. It was a three sixty and PS three game. I think it's on Steam as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it is being re released or re remade for the PS four and Vita. It's called uh, Catherine Full Body. Um, no release time. I think it's supposed to be. I think they said two thousand eighteen, but no. Uh, window other than that um it's gonna have a new character called ren a third catherine so then we got uh catherine with the k catherine with the c and now we have ren uh and then there, i think there's gonna be some different endings because i think there's like eight, the original game had like eight different endings mm-hmm. um and it's gonna have cross save i'm not sure about cross by but uh yeah I, I don't, gables have you have, did you play catherine at all before i never really had a chance to play go forth and play Catherine when its original lease came out. It was one of the games that I like. I had in my peripheral vision when I did play a lot of games in the PS3, but because of the whole burnout stuff, I didn't really have a chance to go around to it, but I am excited to have a chance to play it when it does come out on PS4 eventually. But it, it's just one of those games and stuff like that where it's by Atlas. There is some good puzzle elements I'm interested in trying out in that yeah. game, plus... It has a interesting premise. I do like the idea of taking the control of like Vincent, who basically the first part of the story is like he cheats on his girlfriend, and it's like you have more options, more things to do. It's yeah. kind of interesting because they add different types of features in this version compared to the original release. Yeah, they added some uh, online battles because I guess um, this has been going on for, um, for the last few years now. It's kind of the scene's been growing, but uh, there's actually like a competitive Catherine scene, which is. Um, like, that's you, weird yeah i guess a lot during like uh what is it um fuck what's the big like evo evo yeah i kept wanting kept wanting to say expo but um yeah evo has like has a pretty not i shouldn't say huge but there's a there's a good following of people that's that are into competitive catherine um so now they're gonna yeah. add online there's gonna be an online mode because there was a there was a two-player mode you can do uh in the original game but it's all couch co-op and it's just like because the original game, like you were trying to get to uh, without like the the platform below. Like you're trying to climb. You're moving blocks to climb up this uh, platform, and like b- below you, it was falling apart. So you had to move at a decent pace. And so they did like a, uh, get to the top. Whoever got to the top and ring the bell first, uh, you know, you had to get there for the. And the main the main story, you had to get up there and ring the bell for you died. 
Um, and, the, and then like the two player co-op stuff, you can, you actually like were competed on the same platform yeah. and you can like actually like screw the other person over and things like that. So that was actually going to online mode. Um, like I said, different endings, things like that. So, uh, it's not just a remake, but I, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not a hundred percent remake, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to go back to that game. I was actually started playing it again on 360 earlier this year, uh, when it was, when there wasn't really a lot going on. So, uh, yeah. It's it's super weird game. It's like a puzzle platformer slash dating sim. I guess it's probably the best way to describe this game. Uh, we can make choices. Yeah, like the first yeah, it's like it takes place over like eight nights, and it's like him and his buddies going to a bar, and then just things get crazier and crazier every night. And uh, yeah, it's like I said, he he's engaged to Catherine with the C, and then he meets or Catherine with the K, and then he meets Catherine with the C. And like, the, like the chaos ensues. It's a, it's a really, I'm not an anime person at all. Uh, and then I don't know, puzzle platform is not really 100 percent my thing. But something about the game, like the combination of all stuff together and the wackiness of it, was incredibly cool. I think so. I'm happy that it's getting brought back. And I know it. I think it it wasn't like a blowaway success. Like Persona is fratless. I don't think Italy anything is fratless. Um, but it, I think it still, still sold over two million copies of an initial release. So I uh, hope, hope it, you know, this is a good sign. Maybe we'll get, maybe we'll get another one um, after this if it does well. Um, but moving on to a couple other topics. Uh, Arms. We haven't talked really talked about Arms, but the, the Nintendo Switch game Arms came back in June. Uh, got a new update. Um, it's update 5.0. Uh, Nintendo has actually come out and said this will be the last big update other than like some balancing tweaks and stuff like that here and there. But they released uh, a new character, uh, Dr. Coil, um, is their fourth and final character. I think there's also a new stage. I think every character gets their own stage. Um, so they've released four DLC characters, all of its free updates, um, and they have officially said they are done uh, with ARMS. Uh, so I guess is um, we both played a decent amount of ARMS back in the day. What, mm-hmm. back six months ago um but i mean how how do you feel now that arms is i guess essentially over with as far as like what what the thing can, is going to grow into uh what are your overall thoughts with arms now my overall thoughts with arms is i believe it's a good first game it's a good premise of the fighting game and stuff i do applaud nintendo by going the route of releasing free characters and free content updates and this last major one, so I'm kind of surprised that they're ending it like now, yeah. towards the end of 2017. I thought they would be supporting it into 2018, but I think, I think with like all the main, all the various characters and all the updates and the balance tweaks and stuff like that, I think they're going to quintessentially maybe not like next year, but like another like maybe two years from now release the sequel to Arms yeah. because there is a good foundation to the fighting game Arms. There's a good amount of characters. There's a good amount of like stuff you can go through. There are some complex things. However, there are some improvements that can be done to the overall core experience of the game in and of itself. Whether it be like the different types of like arms you get to use for matchups or some or the different types of stages or whatever i felt i felt originally playing it that it could have been like maybe fleshed out a little bit more especially with like the single player aspect there was just something that i felt needed to be 
added on other than like say the online mode and like the single player mode for each character because it's like other than like going through the single player arcade mode quintessentially with every character and stuff there wasn't really much left unless you want to try to unlock all the other different arms unless you want to try to do like the online gameplay with it like picking random certain stages or random things you could do with people so it's i definitely feel overall with arms it was a good positive experience at the same time i feel like that it was kind of average in terms of the overall game quality of itself there are some great moments there are definitely some good gameplay here as a basis and stuff I just feel that if they go out with a second game, like maybe a couple of years from now, add on to the core gameplay, add in some more modes where people want to go through and play this game, maybe not have the online mode as, like, say, randomized like they do with Splatoon 2, because quite quite simply, people don't like it in like Splatoon 2 as well, where you can't even pick the stages that you want to go to, pretty yeah. much. So it's like, okay, it's a good game, but... At the same point, I may... Actually, I probably will eventually go through and play a little bit more because of the new characters that have released since they yeah. do kind of interest me, especially the final character that they unveiled. <laughs> but, um, that, you know, I think it's been successful. It just needs more work, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I pretty much agree with you. I think, I mean, the best kind of thing I can compare it to, and it's a, it's a, bit, it's a much different game, but it feels like... Um, really it was like almost like a destiny kind of like destiny one where it's like the core like the gameplay was there like the core concept was there but they like the content was a big problem that was a big concern i had going into the game and other than you know i, I was concerned about what this game how fun this game was actually going to be and then we did the uh what was that the test punch um yes and i fucking fell in love with that game yes i, did, I, I think i played more of the game during the test punch than i did after the game came out like I, I there was, sort of, go ahead. yeah, like I was just saying, I was sort of the opposite. Where I did, like you said, you know, I was like I enjoyed the test bunch as immediately as that, but I also went through, played the main game and stuff like that. I played through at the time every character, but I pretty much dumbed down the difficulty for a lot of it, except for like Springman and stuff, because sometimes the game could be a little bit of. Uh, not like just a little bit of a challenge. It sometimes can be a little bit like unfair in terms of the yeah. AI, especially at the final battle. You know, the final battle. You know, against like uh, that whole that freaking skull Max kind Brass. of creature. Oh, yeah, the Max skull Brass, guy. and then the skull yeah. guy that attaches on the Max Brass and stuff with the six yeah. arms and stuff. That was bullshit. Yeah, that is a tough. stand. That is a cookie cutter example of. A fighting game end boss at the end of an arcade mode where you had to literally put in quarters in order to defeat said enemy because he would be kicking your ass over and over again, taking out so much of your health, like maybe a quarter of your health or maybe like over half your health with a, just like a single sequence of stuff. Mm. But, uh, yeah, that was really frustrating at that point. But anyway, <clears throat> yeah. go ahead. No, I agree. He was that. I forgot all about him. He was, yeah, he was incredibly tough. Uh, unless you played them online, when it was like three versus one, didn't it was it was still pretty tough, but it was a little easier. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I I think it needs more than just a grand prix, or it needs more than target practice. And uh, as fun as volleyball and 
the basketball game were. It, just, it needs more. I don't know what that more would be. I don't. With Destiny 2 or Destiny, it was like, you need better side quests. You need the the worlds need to be more. There's need to be more things to do in it. It needs to be bigger areas. And, you know, those things, those are simple things that, not really simple, but those are things that us as gamers, we can point to and say, hey, we, this is what we want. With ARMS, there's no, I don't, me personally, I don't know, maybe there's people out there that, smart, a lot smarter people out there that can say exactly what it is that we want. But uh, with, with that kind of game, I really don't know what it could be, whether it's a, a story mode or I don't think adding more characters fixes the problem, which is, I mean, it's done. It's, it helps. Com- I could say a couple of things that I would personally want to see other than like, say a remodeling thing for some of the online portions, make the characters a little bit more complex in terms of like the, uh, the moves that they execute because each fighter almost feels the same besides certain like attributes or traits and stuff like that. Maybe they move a little bit slower. Maybe they, do something like that. Yeah. Maybe they have different arms that they can equip, but maybe have them have certain combo moves that they could learn, or like possibly like have certain tutorial level stuff for like acquiring like certain combos. You know, try to be a little bit more in depth for like a competitive thing where you could teach the player. Okay, here are some advanced tricks that you can learn while doing arms and stuff like that. Yeah, kind of sure. similar to what you would get in major fighting games, say like a Street Fighter or a Tekken or whatever the heck. Just a separate. Just more modes that would be accustomed to, like, say, the particular things of mini games. I would like to see that, you know, like get to play different types of mini games without having to go online. I mean, yeah, no, yeah. no I, that would, I mean, I can see that. That definitely would help give them each their own, a little more of their own style than they have, Reward. a little more uniqueness. That's just the thing. Keep rewarding the player by going through and just having them play the game, essentially. That's what I want. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm. Yeah, I think it just need to be, there needs to be more reason to keep coming back to the game, and that was my problem. Was yes. like, like I said earlier, like I, I think there was like nine or ten different test punches. And I think I played almost every single one of them, and for the entire hour, I probably played seven or eight hours of test punch, and then the game came out. and I think I played maybe about six or seven hours, maybe about the same amount of time. Yeah. But uh, once the game came out, and like I beat the Grand P uh, Grand Prix on, I think I beat it on the first six or seven levels and yes. I played a bunch. I played a bunch of online the first couple weeks and I uh, was doing really well. And then it's like, yeah, I went away, I got left for a little bit, came back a couple weeks later and everybody else got way better than me. It was very <laughs> much a Splatoon situation where it's like when it first when Splatoon, Splatoon first came out, it's like, I'm doing really good. I'm actually like top of leaderboards and everything. Like every game I'm like one or two. And then I left for like a month and came back and I was like, dead last by a lot every single game and we were losing a lot and i went from i went from winning a lot to never winning uh so uh, which is you know that's the case in pretty much every game but yeah i think there's i think the problem is just finding reasons to just come back more often than i mean a new character popping up here and there um but i mean it, it like i said it doesn't hurt it helps um and i wish i had a better reason as to what would make me come back but i don't really know what that is like you they find me find me a reason to keep going back because uh, I like the game a lot and I just just ran out of things to do in it after a while. It's like I did the uh, the online where it's just one v one and you like can level up character and if you lose you like I got to, all the way to level three and then I got to level three and then everybody was kicking my ass. So I fell to level two and I just could never get back up there. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was a cool game. Uh, it's definitely a if there is a second one, which I imagine it will. Cause I think this one sold. Uh, about two million copies. Uh, um, 
yeah, I don't know. I, I, I imagine it will be one. I just hope that uh, they just kind of like take what uh, keep the gameplay is there. Just got to give us more stuff to do after you know after the more than just Grand Prix. Um, but yeah, um, moving on to our uh, I think our last real news story. Uh, but blue boxes have been a big conversation uh, in 2017, uh, and I uh, Apple uh, with iOS has actually done something I think pretty incredible. Really here, uh, other countries have been doing it. A lot of countries in Asia um, require require it, and uh, I think a few other countries do too. Um, but iOS now, uh, if you release a game on there that has loot boxes of any sort, uh, you now have to uh, show the odds of the content you're getting. Um, so if you know, it's like, oh, this is a really rare item, but it's only a one in a million chance. Now, now people can see that. You know, now you can't just make things super impossible to make people keep giving you money. Like now they they have to show you the odds. Show you the odds of, oh, this is one in 200 chance, or there's a, I don't know how they're doing it, whatever it's percentage or, um, you know, one in 200 or whatever. But uh, yeah, I think, I mean, it's been a, you know, like, like I said, we've been talking about a lot, especially here lately with, like Star Wars Battlefront and Call of Duty and uh, Need for Speed Payback, like pretty much Shadow of War. Um, a lot of big games come out this year that had a lot of uh, controversy around loot boxes. And I think this is a first uh, real good step for how we're going to, you know, like like I said before, loot boxes aren't going anywhere. They're going to they're gonna stick around for, uh, probably for the foreseeable future. Um, but I think this is kind of a uh, pretty good step and a cool step that uh, Apple, of all people, uh, um, uh, is doing. So, what about you, Cables? I believe it's a good first step, but I want to see it implemented by more companies inside the gaming industry. Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo. There's got to be a line to where we know for a fact what type of odds that we get if we go through if we have loot boxes which quintessentially they're not going away anytime soon like you were just saying at least give us the odds of what we could get inside there that would be different than uh, what we personally would have like say show the percentage of a specific item that a person wants right show how much of a percentage that it would be in reality in order to get it. Don't lie about the number. Just go forth and just put it out there. Even though some companies, as quite recently as, say, Bungie, go through and maybe, like, say that you're earning so much or something like that, and then all of a sudden you're actually earning lower than initially thought oh, yeah. know, in order to spur more funds. But, yeah, that's what I think. Yeah. Um, I agree with you. I have, you know... Um, <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, I think the be- the best thing about this is like there are certain items that are damn near impossible to get. It's like now they're now we can either see it or they're like, well, or the companies will be like, well, we're not gonna, we gotta make this a little more realistic. Like we can't have something that's one in two million chance of getting, so we have to like lower, the, we have to increase the odds of this. So I feel like you know this is gonna be a win win. Either we're gonna find out how bullshit some of these loot box items are. And also mm-hmm. make them a little more reasonable, a little easier possibly to get. Uh, it's it's you know it's not like I said it's a first step. It's a band aid over a, I guess maybe a bullet hole. Um, yeah. As far as the whole loot box thing goes, uh, 
it's you know it's Pandora's box has been opened, and I guess you know this is their way of trying to close it somewhat or uh, solve the issue the best they can. So yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm I'm happy about it, and I hope Sony and Microsoft and Nintendo. I don't think Nintendo has any loot boxes yet, but I mean, it's coming probably. Um, if they don't, they already. have Rocket League on the storefront. So yeah, Rocket League does inspire some sort of like loot boxes inside their uh, thing it's, for. Yeah, it's true. They do have four. That. For their little like uh, earning things, I mean, you have these little crates so you can just like buy keys to in order to unlock them. That's true. I guess they do have NBA Two K, so yeah, yes. it definitely has. Yes, it now. that's a good one too. That's the microtransactions too. Yeah, which yeah, and WWE Two K eighteen does do that as well. True. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, I mean, that's that's gonna be the big one. Is when I mean, really actually probably Steam is the big one, the biggest one. Uh, as far as if they start doing it, I think that's when the rest of the companies will get in line with it. Uh, so yeah, this is something I make as a norm. And, you know, it's like just like loot boxes, something I get used to being around and uh, accept that they're going to be here. But there's also we got to fight and tell them what's what we think is fair. And we've done I think publicly a lot of people have been doing that. So just a, this is a good way. I think Apple's kind of hearing the outcry of it, and maybe they saw the effects financially for it. And this is a way of trying to make it's a good it's a good pr move i think uh it works out for everybody or it makes apple look better and makes things a little better for gamers but moving on to uh another topic this is something gables uh brought to for the show um but he was talking about the uh, nintendo eShop with the switch and it's something we've kind of touched on here and there um lately over the last couple months but uh uh basically are are great games being buried by by all the games coming out, but are there too many? Basically, are there are there so many games coming out nowadays um, on the Switch? Talking about the the Switch, that the good ones are going to get buried. You know, when this week I think there was like twenty two games released on the Switch. Uh, yes, it was like a, like a couple day span. Uh, so I mean, Gables is kind of your question. Uh, if you want to expand upon it, all right. To expand upon what I'm saying, in every storefront on the Video games on the video game forefronts, we got services like Steam, Xbox Live Arcade, and we have the PlayStation Store. Each of those services seem to have a glute of games and stuff like that, which, you know, you know what the good games are, obviously, if they're broadcast or like they're commercialized and stuff, but sometimes there are a bunch of games that we are not even aware of that are decent, that are actually good to play. That are buried underneath the shit. And the biggest culprit, honestly, would be for Steam. Because, you know, how Steam Greenlight was a thing at the start of the year. It's no longer around and replaced with some sort of numerical thing, which is technically even worse. (laughs) From uh, what I've been hearing about it. But the thing that Steam would do, oh, Steam Greenlight would do, is there would be developers which they would create purposely bad games. Sometimes like so many bad games at a time and they tried to flood the marketplace and the key purpose was to get people to buy their game in general in order to you know in order to like raise their profits and stuff and purposely they would release like maybe 10 15 games on the shop on like steam's like storefront right there and every week that you would find like if there's like a new release there would be like maybe the same developers they would be like the same types of like uh content release stuff or it'd be like okay there's like 50 games released this week or oh hey there's like 100 games released this week you know for for like the uh 
for the Steam storefront. And as a result, good games that were sometimes like critically acclaimed, sometimes like uh, maybe like fan favorites or critical darlings or something like that, would be buried underneath the amount of shit that would accumulate from Steam Greenlight and a bunch of the other crappy games and stuff like that that would quintessentially be like shovelware on any other type of like gaming forefront ps4 is sort of getting the same way in terms of like quality games i mean hell we got one of the worst games that came out like on the ps4 storefront with the eye of black tiger or whatever yeah. the hell that thing is yeah that should never have been approved onto that storefront because it's a glitchy mess it looks awful it looks like a basically like an alpha sort of like ps3 game that was just mixed and just like just spewed out just randomly on the storefront we had other games that released on the on that system in general where it's like not you like i am mayo or something like that you know basically games that their purpose are that was it that was like a 45 minute platinum don't don't mock that game but like i was saying though it's like you know quintessentially getting games that would be not even like complete like within a span of an hour or something like that and then you just go through and just you know be finished with it get all the trophies get all that other shit and then just like move on from it now with the nintendo switch since it's released in march we had you know a few game releases here and there and stuff over the past like first few months now since september we have been seeing an increase in release of like the eShop games. Like Tyler mentioned, this past week, the week before Christmas, we had gotten 22 different eShop games released between the 18th of December all the way up to around now, the 24th. And uh, there are some good name games, but there are a bunch of games that either have been on Steam at one point or on other types of services that I've gone through. So, the question that I offer, that I initially was pitching, it's like, with the good games being buried and stuff, like, say, for all the games that have been released on the eShop for the Nintendo Switch, currently there's, like, about 324. I kind of feel, with this question in general and stuff like that, I feel that a lot of the indie content is starting to like just pick up on the switch itself but i do feel like that there are a bunch of games that are good that are being just buried because of all the bum rush that nintendo has been doing as of late over the past couple months october it was like maybe 30 new games in the span of that month that was digital only like digital on that storefront yeah november it started to pick up a little bit of steam and stuff like that december they're just finishing off the rest of the, the stuff that they had in contact and stuff. So, I know there's like maybe four confirmed releases before the end of this year. But as we're looking at it, we're possibly looking like at an eShop storefront that in its first year has released close to about 340 games. Now, the reason why I kind of feel that the eShop is starting to turn into that sort of breeding ground for a whole bunch of, like, uh, the shit that's starting to, like, pile up is because I have been doing a bunch of research in types of games that I personally would want to play or I personally want to avoid at all costs. 
quintessentially, I have been doing little bits of research now for the past month in order to try to find those gem of games, and I've been finding it quite difficult because they're releasing so fast that there's certain players, even on YouTube, that are like dedicated to like maybe Nintendo Switch stuff or this stuff. They cannot hardly keep up with all the releases. No retail outlet like professional retail outlet can keep up if one service is releasing like say 20 or 30 games a week i mean it's impossible especially if you don't know what is going to be coming out that week before advance notice so we're starting to also see little key things that are like uh that would be reminiscent to like say on the mobile space you know or even on like some of the steam greenlight shit like you have certain games that barely don't even like need to be on that shop in general like for example there's a game that supposedly is one of the worst games that's released this year vroom in the night yeah that game has gotten such horrible reviews and such things for like youtube reviewers and stuff and quintessentially you're controlling a witch there's same dialogues that's being repeated and it basically is you flying through rings inside of various stages a la superman 64 and it's every bit as boring and every bit as like repetitive as what I'm describing it as. It's quintessentially a a terrible game. You have another game that was sort of like a budget sort of thing that's called Troll and I, which that's another game that would not even have you know, it was released on other systems, yes. On the Switch, it's definitely one of those games and stuff that uh kinda adds on to the list of some like a berry burying like good games that are like say you know that you probably wouldn't even think twice about say like a game like Kamiko or like uh, Night Terrors or something like that because you know how much of the games are coming out and how much of the good stuff that you know it's like it's like it's it's kind of hard for me to kind of describe certain aspects of it because I don't even know what even after doing some bits of research now for like the past couple weeks it's like now i can't even hardly keep up with like the past couple weeks of releases because i cannot find reviews i gotta go through and search through things in general it's like i feel i am overwhelmed with the game content releases on the nintendo's switch's eShop. i never thought i would have that problem because the content releases prior to that say on the wii on the wii u and on the 3DS have been manageable to where it's like maybe two or three games a week. Yeah. Hell, the Wii's Virtual Console made it like a thing where you would probably get like a, a classic game, like maybe once, maybe one or two games like every Monday, you know, at 9 a.m. and stuff. I remember those dates exactly because I used to wait for them and guess for them, you know. But for the Switch's eShop that comes every Thursday, it's like, okay, here's another set of 15 game releases. Let's release them on here. And it's like, okay, okay, I'm going through. Oh, this looks okay. Oh, this looks like garbage. I'm not going to try that. Oh, yeah, this is another mobile game that's going to uh, not be so entertaining. It's it's definitely hard for somebody, even if they are experienced as a gamer or something, to actually pick out or find some of the good games on the system. Now, if you're a new player or somebody that hardly plays video games looking in and you have a Switch... You go onto that cyber storefront and stuff. It's like you see some recognizable names, but you don't know which games are good. There's no rating system on the Nintendo Switch eShop. There's nothing that's really going to appoint it unless you do research. So it's like, Tyler, 
my question to you is like do you feel like that good games are being like uh buried on the eShop? um short answer yeah uh, i think definitely I, I think it's a problem i mean you talked about already with the switch or the steam it's a problem across pretty much everything but uh yeah i mean just if you focus just on the switch yeah i mean remember we talked about a couple weeks ago when street fighter uh was super street fighter ultra or whatever it was got released street and fighter it was like, 2 ultra yeah <laughs> and it got released and it was like 40 dollars, and it was a yep it was bullshit and it was like that was released in may and i was just like well it sold over half a million it's probably close to a million sales now but it's like that's because nobody had a, there was no games to play on it there was you, yep. you got like you said it was almost kind of like early days of the week where there was a couple of games trickled out every week and those games got a lot of fanfare behind them and for the most part they were they seemed like they were pretty good games or uh well received uh, people were just hungry for something to play on it and i talked about how that people won't be able to pull that stuff anymore like and there's a positive with more games coming out for it like yeah it's great but uh you know you can't just be overpriced and just you can't just charge whatever you want yeah because this is you know people will buy it um and that's still the problem a little bit of a problem now could you look at some of the prices and some of the games on there uh on the switch on the you bring up a good point you bring up a very good point because they nintendo's having their like their christmas sale on the switch there are games that have been on out on other platforms for quite a while now, some even more like a year or possibly even a couple of years, yeah. and they're charging new prices. They're not even going through and doing like the deep discounts like on the other services. For example, yeah. if you if you go forth and you want to buy the game like say, I don't know, The Bridge yeah, on I, the Nintendo Switch eShop, that game sells for $10 on the Switch. It's currently 50% off, $5. You go onto the PlayStation storefront. That game is like a dollar forty nine or something like that on it because it's been out for over a year, and that game has been out since like the, I think it was like what the three sixty days or something yeah, it was like, like that. It's like from like two thousand nine. Uh, so yeah, you I mean that's and it's something we mentioned before. It's it's the Switch tax, you know. Uh, Rhyme is a game I liked a lot, and it was twenty bucks if you on PS four and Xbox uh, One and PC, but uh, it's thirty dollars on on the Switch, and it's actually it's supposed to be a pretty badly made. Uh, port uh, great yeah. game but just it's not good on the switch um yeah i, I think that's the it's a key, really big problem now as you look at like every game on there is like uh pretty expensive and you look like there's like games that are a couple bucks that are a couple of dollar games on ios they're charging you know 10 15 bucks for or uh it's just really just you know generic shitty i uh you know mobile games uh or like old ports of games from years and years ago that um you know and I'm, I'm i'm knocking it but i bought frederick resurrection of music this week for six dollars it's it's a it was an ios and it was a steam game and it was a it's like two dollar game on uh on ios i bought it for 99 cents or something like that uh maybe even cheaper on uh, the wii u years ago and i love that game and it was six bucks like when i on the switch i was like it's like it's a game I really like. I'm fine paying six bucks for that. But there's a lot of games on there that I'm like I don't really know what the hell these games are. They could be really good games, but they're ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five dollars. Um, and there's so much crap on there nowadays. You lose uh, confidence in the pro and basically the product that they're they're pushing to you. When there's only one or two, it's like these guys. But in the early days, these are probably uh, some pretty good, well-made. They might not be games I like a lot. They might not be you know game of the year quality stuff but they're probably some pretty decent well-made games 
they're being released for this console. And nowadays, it's just, uh, it's just whatever you can put on there, put it on there. Um, you know, it, it's just, it's. I mean, the Wii U had the same problem where there was, I don't know how many games were being released in that thing, and it just everything would get buried. I mean, maybe the eShop for the Wii U didn't have the best uh, indie title stuff. No, on it. Uh, and it, they had some towards the end. They had some little indies and stuff. They did some good stuff, but uh, oh, Rumbo comes to mind, but still, yeah, there was a, you know Shovel Knight, was a few here and there, um, but um, yeah, for the most part, it was just garbage. It was shitty. It was the same problem as now, shitty mobile ports. And I, I, I was hoping really with Switch being having like a, it was a fresh start, uh, like this is a brand new eShop. I mean, you guys, like you guys can do whatever you want. You can, you can just release quality stuff, like you know, quant, uh, quality over quantity. And now it's uh, they're not doing it, which I'm not going to knock Nintendo so much for because everybody else does it. You know, it's not fair to knock Nintendo and not knock everybody else. It's That's shitty true. and it sucks. Like the PS4 is, is a huge problem. The one thing I'll give I'll give the PS4 and Xbox One though is um, the stores are. Um, you know, a little more lively, I guess. There's a lot, there's like, there's graphics, there's ads for these new games. They're like promoting this new stuff coming out. And the eShop, you know, it's, I know it's only been out for six months, whatever. Uh, but you just go there and it's like new, most recent releases coming soon. Games on sale. And it's just a white background with uh, the, the cover of the games on it. You know, there's no, there's nothing really there to push you towards stuff. There's the news area, but it doesn't, it's really, there's not too much there for it. Um, but like you go on the PS4 and the Xbox one, you kind of have a decent idea of what's, you know, what's hot and what's new, uh, what the popular stuff is. Um, you go on there, it says new games and it'll show you the key stuff that the big stuff's being released and stuff like people, like people like you and me that listen to podcasts that, uh, go on GameSpot or IGN or, yeah. um, you talk to people on Twitter, just you know, we're, we're more in touch with what's going on in gaming we like the the the, the you know, we'll find those diamonds in the rough. Those game like the the games that are pretty good, um, or really good small games like that. Will they'll rise to the top? The cream will rise to the top. You know, the cream of the crop. To quote uh, Macho Man Randy Savage, you dig it? <laughs> um, you know, we'll we'll find that stuff. Like games like Floor Kids. Um, that's a game that people have been talking about a lot on the Switch. That's got some popular. Um, a little bit of fanfare behind it, you know. Uh, those games, those games will be talked about. Golf Story, you know, that game was a lot of people were talking about that game for a few weeks there. Yeah. Um, it's the small little indie game on on the Switch. Uh, that stuff, we'll we'll hear about that stuff, you know, as long as we are um, pretty well, you know, in. I mean, I I spend a lot of time reading and listening about watching YouTube videos on on games, so I'm probably more in touch than with gaming than. 90% of the population out there. Uh, 90%, yeah, probably, yeah, maybe, I don't know. Uh, and there's some games that come out with some fanfare that I probably missed too, even. But um, for someone like, you know, little Jimmy gets a Switch on Christmas Day and he goes on there and he looks and he's like, he just sees all these games, 324 games, and there's 18 more next week. Uh, it, how are you supposed to know what to get? Like if you, and their games are expensive, maybe you only get one or two here or there. Um, you buy, you buy one or two, you, like I said, you lose confidence in it. And like, you don't trust that anymore. You know, it's like, so 
there might you know as, as, there might be some great games that we are missing. I don't know, uh, but yeah, it just sucks. You you don't know you don't trust it. It's just considering you look and it's like okay, there's like how many like hack and slash games, side scroll, how many Castlevania knockoff games do we have, how many Zelda knockoff games are we gonna release, how many uh, roguelikes are we gonna see, uh, shooting right. games. Uh, it's like after a while you start looking at these games, they all like a lot of them look just like the same five or six variations of games you've seen before. It's like, oh, it's just another, or it's just another shitty, like, lame-ass puzzle game. There's a, there's a fucking beer pong game on there, you know? It's like, or ping pong game, whatever, I don't know. Same thing. Uh, on there, it's just like, this is dumb. It's on sale for $3. I'm like, that game should be $3 for regular price. It's a dumb iOS game. Um, yeah, it's just a problem across the board. It's like, Steam has, I think, and uh, 2016 had, um, like 4,500 games released in the year of 2016. And at mm-hmm. that point in time, and, uh, when 2016 ended, there's like over 7,000 games on the, on steam. So that means yeah. more than half of the games, uh, that are on, available on there released in one year. That's like four games a day releasing. Nobody yep. can keep track of that. I mean, like, you know, game like PUBG. I mean, a little more fair, fair fanfare behind a player unknown, but I mean, that, that's the highest selling game of the year, probably, if not probably, probably one of the three or four highest selling games of the year. Um, so, in our case of you know, cream rising to the top there, but um, yeah, I mean, it's just there's so much shit out there, and it's like I, I you know, I, I've definitely it's like I've talked about, like I just said, like I probably know more than majority of people out there. I can usually like if someone asks me about, hey, this game. I, I might not, I can't say, what I don't play all these games, obviously, but, but yeah, this is what I'm hearing. Someone can ask me, I'm like, ah, that's why I heard about it. Um, so I, I might be able to have something to say about these games as far as like, yeah, the people are leaning left, you know, good or not good or whatever on some of these, some of these more popular ones. But I mean, I've, I've bought games that look really cool and they're just like shit games. I don't know how many times that's happened to me in the last few years, especially, um, I, I bought a game like this is fucking trash and, <laughs> and you know I, um so yeah i'm not even immune to it i guess uh and you know, there's a lot of people so yeah it's it sucks there's it's just there's it's been a problem you know even with the wii it was a huge problem i think that was a huge reason that the wii's sank was you know so much shovelware on there and it's the same problem now it's just Instead of being physical copies, now it's digital copies, which is probably wor- worse being digital because you're going to be a little cheaper and you could, it's a lot, you know, a lot more accessible for people than going to Target or Walmart or GameStop or whatever. Um, and seeing it's like, hey, there's like, there's like s- these eight really awesome games here, but you know, they're fifty bucks or whatever on the Wii. But there's like nine hundred fucking Carnival games or. Uh, Wii Sports knockoffs, and here's all these lame ass attachments for your your uh, fucking Wiimote. It looks like a tennis <laughs> racket and a baseball bat. It's fucking dumb. Uh, well, basically. a little fun fact though: those are the type of things that you'll find in actually your neighborhood thrift stores now because yeah. people donate them because they're useless. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I mean, I worked at a game store when when the Wii came out, and I, I I'm like, oh, it was just, it was like one. I remember when there was just one little fucking six foot long shelf and held every single Wii game on it, and then like within like a few months, it was like fucking. It, it could have been a basically. It could have had a half the store if you 
it would take up if you just wanted to fucking put all the Wii games on there. Yep. And you know, it, it's been it's been a problem for a long time, uh, and it's just now it's easier than ever to make games. It's maybe it's maybe harder than ever now to get your unless you're part of a decent you know a, a big time publisher harder than ever to get your game noticed, which sucks for people that actually you know make good games and care about the quality, and it's not just an asset flip that someone got unity download unity and then spent a hundred dollars and just fucking released a game in three four you know made a game in three four hours and just a millionth looking unity basic unity zombie killing game uh that they sell for two bucks um there's a million of those uh yeah it's it sucks it's bullshit uh i think the people that should be held the most accountable is not the people making the games it's hard to blame them it's like people are going to, everybody is, everybody does it. You're going to, you find a, a, a deal. You find a, like I bought Death, some GameStop fucked up and put, meant to put the original, the regular Dis, Destiny 2 game on sale for 30 bucks. But instead on the website, they accidentally put the Destiny 2 bundle with the expansion for 30 bucks. And the expansion itself was $35. It's supposed to be a $90 uh, deal for this thing. And they accidentally mm-hmm. put it for 30 bucks. I pounced on that shit immediately. And bought it, bought the expansion pass, and the, and I have another copy of the game. Um, you know, it's like we're all gonna find if we all find a way to either save some cash or make some quick cash. I mean, barring doing something crazy illegal, uh, we're gonna do it. You know, it's just it's you know it's that some we all as humans do, um, shitty or not. And but the problem is is that these game companies or these uh, distribution sites, I guess. You know, PlayStation, Xbox. Um, Xbox isn't nearly as bad, actually. But, like, PlayStation, Nintendo, and Steam is Steam by far the worst. Uh, just allow it to happen. There's no quality control. They just see the dollar signs. They get a 40% cut of whatever you sell on their on their storefront. You know, fuck, fine. Like, all right, that's cool. You know, we'll put them on there. You know, PlayStation's bad because people put easy Platinums on there. I talk about, like, my, um, the Mayo game. It was a 99 cent game, and the only reason I bought it was because, oh, it was an easy platinum. There's like 50 trophies in that game and a platinum. And I literally, all the game was was tapping the X button 10,000 uh, 10, times. That was the game, you know? Uh, so I'm, you know, I'm I fucking, you know, I've done it. We've all done, we've all bought in games or done stupid things like that before in the past. Like, we're not, no, like I said, nobody's, we're not immune to it. I'm not immune to it. You know, I bought it in the games. I got really excited about a game that was, should have been obviously trash. And I'm like, ooh, this looks like it tickles one of those, one of my fancies. You know, it checks one of the things, like one of the million things I like on a box. Uh, I'll, I'll buy it. And, you know, I bought it. And it's dumb. Um, yeah, I don't know. Short answer, yes. Uh, it's, <laughs> yeah, be, uh, uh, yeah, there are too many games coming out nowadays. There are too many games. There's not, there's not too many games coming out. There's just too many shitty games and, cl- and shitty knockoff clone games. Uh you know, like I talked about a game like Phantom Trigger earlier in the or earlier in the summer. Uh, it's essentially almost exactly a Hyper Light Drifter knockoff, but it's a really well made one of those games. So it's like that's okay, that's fine. Like you can knock off the game, and if you do, if it's a really good game, like I like that game quite a bit. Um, but I mean, you're gonna look at it a little differently because it's a knockoff. Uh, there's a game called Blossom Tales that just came on the Switch. It looks kind of cool. I kind of want to play it. It's basically just a link to the past uh, um, knockoff, but it's 
seems like people are liking it. I looked up a little bit about it. It looks like it could be kind of a cool game. Um, like you, that's fine being that. Just don't fucking be some Unity engine. This game took me six hours to make. Uh, bullshit, you know. Um, just put some care in your fucking games. Um, wow, that turned into something there. Uh, <laughs> that was Gable's questions, by the way. Uh, so that, yeah, that was a good little rant there. Holy shit. Um, yeah, so anyways, quit being assholes, people. Yeah, and fucking Steam, PlayStation, Nintendo, get some goddamn standards. Um, you're just as much to blame as the people making the games are. Um, but uh, do, you, do you want to add anything else on to, after my six hour rant? Ah, uh, no. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm pretty much said what I was going to say. Cool. Yeah. Fucking assholes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Had to get that last shot in there. But uh, moving on to uh, what we've been playing. Uh, I'm just going to go real quick because I already kind of touched on them a little bit. Yeah. I haven't really been playing anything. I haven't really delved any, into anything this you know this week. Uh, been busy with you know with work being shut down this week. You got to cram basically two weeks worth of work into one week so it's been a long week um so i didn't really have a lot of time until really friday to actually jump into anything so like i talked about at the beginning of the show uh played accounting plus in farpoint uh accounting plus was shown off was revealed at uh, video game awards um just a few weeks ago and uh went up for pre-order it was like 20 percent off we pre-ordered it it's like ten dollars i think um so it's like i think it's only like 11 something or 12 bucks now um but uh, it's made with the Rick and Morty guy, uh, guys, the creators of that. And I'm not. <clears throat> I, I've watched like a season and a half of Rick and Morty, and I, I want to give it another chance because I don't know if I give it a fair shake or not the first time. Um, but I wasn't a big fan of it. And um, but the, the trailer for this looked kind of like, oh, this looks like coming like a fun little VR game. Uh, so I, I checked it out, played it for about an hour. I think I think I finished the game. I don't understand what's fucking happening in this game. Uh, so basically, it starts off like, uh, like you're in like this counting office and like they, you have like, the, all right, actually we want, it starts off with you like in this, like just giant, like endless white fucking field or something. And it's basically like telling you the controls of the game. And it's got like this British, like narrator behind you, like telling like, or not behind you, but in your head, talking to you, telling you how to like, how the controls work and what to do in the game, how to move. And it's like, here's the, press the extra O button to spin into a circle. And you like you, you tap it, you do a full full three sixties turn, and it's like holy congratulations! Like it's all like a monotone, like never changes uh, his tone and voice, and um, it's like that was really incredible. You should get like a trophy for that. Here, here's a trophy, and it gives you a trophy, and it was just like a really kind of like that was the peak part of the game for me for this like just them like telling you how to move around, do the controls like all that i'm like oh okay this game like this seems really funny like this narrator is really good and uh you go on to the actual game and you never hear from him again and like you just like have somebody else talking to you on the phone and um like you i don't know i don't really understand what the hell is happening like you know like jumping through like six different like you put on like a vr helmet like at this accounting table and you like it's almost like the i guess like uh I guess I was like, I don't know, The Matrix? I don't know. If it, but like, oh no, Inception. Where it's like, you go into like a dream inside of a dream inside of a dream. You do this with yep. like, a, it's like with the VR headsets. So like you're in the county, like you put the VR headset on and then you're like in this accounting office. Then you put the VR headset in there and like wacky shit's happening in every single one. 
and then like you're in this fucking like little in the forest and there's like this weird glob guy comes out and he's mad at you because you you took you took the seed uh out of the tree or something and you put it into a plant and it grew and uh he's mad at you and he's like what the fuck are you doing Stay away, don't touch my shit and then you put like the vr helmet on and you go into another place and there's these weird like um like uh animal creatures like talking animals and stuff like they're they're in a gang and you got like you they you want to join the gang so you got to show how much of a badass you are so you down <laughs> like you download illegal porn and then like uh you um uh you uh, what was what'd you do um oh i threw a brick through a, a window and it's like oh my god you've gone too far you've gone too far like you're just trying to do a bunch of stupid stuff uh and then like it goes another thing and there's this weird fat guy that's a he's the king and then uh, some weird like basically like every step it just gets crazier and crazier and there's like six or seven of them and I guess I beat the game based off the trophies I got I don't know but there's like I don't know it's really weird but then like you go into this loop you keep going through it over and over again and you keep looping through these same ones over and over again and like minor things change so finally like the third time around I'm like I don't know what the fuck i'm doing anymore like am i doing something wrong here like uh so i, I turned the game off i, I want to go back into it but i'm just like i got super confused like like minor things were happening uh oh no the reason i stopped was so like he's like you go back to the tree thing and the guy's yelling at you he's like he's, he's in the trailer he's like what the fuck are you doing and um he wants you like to get his bomb and don't let t- like the, the force is on fire and he has a bomb and he doesn't want you to like don't let the he wants you to grab the bomb uh so it doesn't get caught. So it doesn't get the, the wick doesn't like get lit from the fire. And I was trying to move to it, and like you just tell it's a teleport thing where you can just point where you want to go and you click the button to teleport there. And um, it wouldn't let me teleport or anything. I could move move my head around. And he kept talking to me and he was like doing the saying the same two three things over and over to me again. And I couldn't move. I couldn't do anything. So I think the game just kind of glitched on me there and froze on me. Um, so I just turned it off. I'm like, okay, I'll have to go check that out again. Go back into that and see what I'm missing. Um, so I jumped into the other game, Farpoint, I talked about a little bit. Uh, I actually bought the, the the gun for it. It has, like, the, the move gun. Uh, and it's got, like, uh, it's got, like, two analog sticks on it. It's got all the buttons from the PS, the DualShock controller. And um, I got to, the, like I said, I played the cutscene. I started getting a little queasy. So it starts off with, like, like you were outside of, like, Jupiter and these people have been out there for months and you go to pick them up basically and bring them home and there's like a wormhole there and they get and they're coming to you and then you all get sucked to a wormhole and you get you crash land on this uh this weird planet that you don't even know where the hell you are and you're trying to find them uh i won't like i didn't beat the first level or anything um but try to find them and the the way you move is i'm not it's like i know other games have done this before i think resident evil 7 did it we're like so with the with the with the DualShock controller, like it's the, the the gun control, the move gun controller thing, um, you actually can point and move it to shoot where you want to shoot. Uh, you can look down the crosshair and everything. But there's uh, one of the analog sticks. Um, actually, like you turn in like thirty degree forms, um, wow. and like you have like the other uh, analog stick where you you can move forward and backwards and left and right. But it's more like a strafing. Like when you move left or right, you don't spin. You just kind of move like le- you just kind of move side to side. So you don't actually turn your body around. So you gotta use the other one to, like I said, you gotta like the that's one one that's one that lets you turn in like thirty degree angles. Um, and what and what's essentially a twitch 
shooting game. Like the, the, I, I fought the creatures, and it, I don't know. Like I, I'm not I'm not good at video games. Like you guys should know that by now. Um, <laughs> but I kept get, I kept dying like constantly, like and like a few like fights in like. I got at one point I was getting surrounded by like these five or six creatures that spit uh, shit from across the damn field at you, <clears throat> and they kept killing me. It takes a decent amount of shots to kill them, um, but they like got once it got to the point where like they weren't just in front of me, they're now to the sides of me and like behind me. Uh, it just became overwhelming, and on top of like you know I feel like I'm being getting sick. Uh, I finally I fucking I I, you know, I turn off and I played since, but yeah. I don't know. I'm not, I guess I'm not. I don't know if that. I don't know. I, I'm not. I don't know if I'm a big fan of that. Like, uh, I, I got Doom VFR. I still want to play. Um, I just. I hope. I want. I'm gonna give it another chance, and hopefully, if, if I don't get sick, I'll keep playing it. I'll keep trying at it. I might just lower the difficulty. I put it on normal. Maybe I'll just put it on easy, and maybe that'll help. Um, but like the, the the concept, like it's kind of cool. Like I just I'm not not a big fan of turning, and it's just a lot of shit at once thrown at you. So. I don't know. It it looks it looks graphically it looks pretty impressive. It's not like, I mean, this isn't like a fucking like Last of Us like, you know, looking game like, not nearly as great as that. But for a VR game like, like a lot of the VR games I played are like you know, not graphical powerhouses or anything like that. But it looks this one looks pretty impressive. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I want to keep trying. I'm, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give it a chance to see what it looks like, see how I feel with it. If I don't get sick, I'll, you know, you know, I end up liking it. Um, I'll check it out. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much what I've been playing. Uh, what about you, Gables? I've been playing a couple of things. I bought this game called Voez that was a mobile game, but uh, was released on the Nintendo Switch towards its launch. It is a $25 game. It's a music-based game. It's entirely playable on the touchscreen, and it has all of the DLC stuff that was available on the mobile edition, only all of it is unlocked on the Switch. So that's why it costs around like 25 bucks. But anyway, the gameplay in and of itself is kind of interesting because you basically go forth, you just touch a set amount of like uh, dots or something like that in rhythm to like the falling notes that uh, fall like, like from up to down and stuff on your screen. You're supposed to match it to like some of the rhythm tones and all this other stuff. The gameplay experience itself is actually quite interesting. It's because it's it's sort of a mixture between doing stuff let's say like uh, Guitar Hero or Elite Beat Agents or something like that where you are matching notes to the tones of the songs that are playing. But uh, I'll tell you what, considering like the specific songs, there are so much to choose from in terms of playing for tracks. And... Every bit of time that you go forth and you play and complete a specific track, it unlocks like a specific like story, like diary piece or something like that. There is like about, I want to say about 75 or so, give or take. But uh, yeah, I basically unlocked about around, I want to say about six or seven of those little diary pages and stuff. But they all of them have specific conditions in order to unlock. Like, say you have to beat a track on hard mode without, like, getting underneath the B grade. Or you have to beat it on a special setting without having to, like, get underneath, like, B. So, basically, what it kind of goes through is once you complete a song, it gives you a grade or a rating upon it. S is the absolute best, meaning you didn't miss anything. You got most of the stuff, like, done, you know, without any type of mistakes. 
So it's rated from like obviously F to S. You know, F being the lowest, S being the absolute best of it all. I have personally gone through, I kid you not, I feel like I've gone through about 30 or 40 different tracks. You can go forth and arrange them by specific versions of when they came out on the, on like mobile store, or you can go through A to Z, which that's one of the things I do anyway. Go through and just play specific songs, and they are catchy. Some of them are in different languages, some of them are in different types of stuff. But I'll tell you what, man, if you want to play something that's different than your standard, like, say, platformers or racers or first-person shooters or whatever the heck that you're playing on the Switch, download the game Voas. That game is an interesting concept, and I guarantee you're going to at least have some bit of fun with it, especially with all the content that's involved in it. Now, the next game I've also played on Switch. It is The Mummy Demastered. Oh. Now, the game is based on the... Hollywood movie, but it's loosely based on it. Is Brennan Fraser game, in this game? No. No. It's not that movie. It's basically the remake of that monster movie for The Mummy that was released I think earlier on this year. Which yep. That one got critically panned throughout yeah. all the type of critical like uh, reviewers out there. However, the game is developed by WayForward. The same ones that are responsible for making great games like, say, Shantae and like Oh. The remaster for DuckTales back then, back a couple of years ago. But my first initial thoughts of The Moment of Mastered is it's kind of cool. It really reminds you of like the whole Metroidvania sort of style. I can definitely see the aspects of Castlevania in it because a lot of the mummies and like you're battling mummies, you're battling zombies, you're battling like just demon creatures too on top of basic things like say insects like spiders or like different types of like creatures that are crawling and stuff one of the first bosses you face in the game actually is a gigantic spider which uh, that actually was a interesting boss battle Hmm. is you basically had to navigate between three platforms and stuff in order to shoot a creature you know shoot the damn creature and stuff like that it has the abilities where you can collect certain upgrades so you start the game like with a standard pistol or something like that then you can upgrade to grenades upgrade to like automatic weapons and stuff it's interesting in a sense to where it's modeled to what you would get as a actual soldier or actual SWAT team member that has trained for like a specific type of task it's not like how you would in some of those other games where you would get like certain blasters or certain like bombs or certain like uh like a classical weapons or something like in other Metroid game, Vinia games, but it's just kind of weird seeing like current, like uh, modern day weapons that you would possibly would see, like say the army or some police force would use. But uh, the gameplay feels smooth. The look of it actually looks freaking fantastic. The pixel art of it, I'm actually surprised how detailed some of it is. But I'll tell you what, what's also good about this music, the music itself. It's just the music itself is really haunting in certain spots. And it's also inharmonious in a sense to where you feel the dread of going to specific sections. You don't know what's going to be around any type of corners. The enemies are tough. They can be tough. 
you have to find various upgrades for your character through their health or through like weapon like limits you'll upgrade like ammo limits to like specific weapons you have including like your sub weapons like say grenades and that and that and this and that i only played like maybe an hour and a half of it back around what was it like friday or something like that <laughs> so that was pretty fun but uh the meat and potatoes of what i've played this week is destiny 2 Ooh. i did finish the campaign of Destiny, of Destiny 2, along with a couple other friends that I have. We basically went through the entirety of the campaign, and we have spent the better part of this week going through a bunch of different things, like strikes. We've gone through and collected a whole bunch of stuff, like, say, through patrols, certain missions and stuff. We're basically trying out little portions of the game itself, because they have this mission structure to where you can go through... And, like, complete certain tasks in order to earn powerful gears. I will say this. Destiny 2, the progression of your character feels better. The amount of rewards you get upon completing specific tasks, it feels great. Why? Because you're constantly being rewarded for doing and playing stuff inside the game. Now, never mind the fact that there's a bunch of shit. Like, some of the best of the best stuff, like, say, armor or weapon, is locked behind fucking paywalls. Mm. I already am aware of that. Yeah, it's a fucking problem. I absolutely hate that. However, at the same point, the Destiny 2, the game as a whole in of itself, or what it accomplishes, even if you don't put in other types of money, is actually worth the amount you invest inside of it. Especially for, like, a $30 or $40 price tag, which is selling right now on sale. But, uh, went through the campaign relatively fast. We are in a process of potentially going through, like, uh, the main Leviathan raid that's going to be going on right now. The character that I had completed the campaign with was a hunter, and I went through every little subclass things. I tried doing as, like, say, the arc subclass for the hunter. I, it wasn't really my style. I tried gunslinger. A little bit. Gunslinger has a cool thing where you have the golden gun and you can like shoot, do like one hit KOs and stuff like that. But I really like the Night Stalker. The Night Stalker for the Hunter class, that is probably one of the, my favorite ones. Because when essentially, if you go through and you upgrade all the various upgrades for the Night Stalker subclass, you get to go through and you get to like uh, shoot off these like bows and arrows and stuff like that raiding this void weapon upon like enemies and stuff so you're taking out fallen you're taking out vex you're taking all those other enemies and stuff like that and you have like maybe four or five shots if you upgraded everything else correctly the thing i could say most about my enjoyment with destiny is just finding random loot with my friends and like uh using different types of medallions using different types of like consumable items in order to increase chances on fighting loot because here's the thing before in destiny one you were maybe finding like a couple of great maybe a couple of good items every so often maybe legendary things here and there if you were lucky to find such things especially after doing strikes i mean hell you and let's see tyler and i pretty much like uh <laughs> went through a bunch of strikes with like one of our friends jake and stuff like that yeah. where we would go through missions we would get like maybe some like rare stuff or maybe some uncommon stuff but we would not get hardly any type of legendary stuff give or take exotic shit <laughs> yeah 
But in this game, I can confirm that I have gotten exotics randomly through, like, going through public events. I have gotten legendary engrams just, like, oh, God, it feels like more routine now. It feels like when I go through and play specific things, like, say, through patrol missions or go, like, strikes or even heroic strikes or other types of things with friends, I am earning things to an extent to where I can level up my character's power. The thing about the game's leveling up structure right now is you're capped at level 20 unless you buy the Temple of Osiris DLC, which raises it up to about 25. Now... You can still upgrade your power. At this moment in time, I am up to about 298 in terms of power. Holy shit, I'm at 219. The reason why I got it up to that extent is I have been doing, like I said, I this past week my coworkers and I have been doing like random strikes. We finally done our first heroic strike, which is like a, a 20 minute time limit, and we were able to defeat the end boss of that heroic strike in like almost like a minute and a half left so we managed to go through all this stuff i got these particular weapons that i've been using and upgrading one of them's the sunshot now this weapon is an exotic it's an exotic hand cannon and what does it do it has explosive rounds so every time that i use it I could potentially, like, uh, have an extra grenade explosion when I hit an enemy with my bullets and stuff. Hmm. And uh, there's another gun that I have. It's called the Better Devils. It's a legendary, but it's also a hand cannon to where I can shoot enemies. And basically, I can drop orbs as I'm doing that, which means I could pick them up. My teammates could pick them up, and they could build their specials faster. It's just discovering little stuff like that. Or even going through, like, the campaign and stuff like that and finding how funny, like, guys, I say, like, Cade 6 and the failsafe are, which, oh my gosh, the dialogue between Cade 6 and, like, the failsafe through in some parts of the campaign missions, they're just hilarious. Oh, boy. But overall and stuff, I have enjoyed my time so far playing Destiny 2. I'm still wanting to play it. I mainly just want to see if I can get through... The Leviathan raid and stuff. You know, or even like a prestige like raid or whatever the heck that is. And I potentially could get my character up to the actual cap of power. The cap of power currently is like 360 at the moment, I think. So, yeah, you know what? This is probably the most surprising thing I'm going to say, but Destiny 2 has actually been a game that. I have enjoyed a lot, and Mm -hmm. if you would have told me at the beginning of the year that that would be my game that I would actually enjoy playing a lot on the PS4, I would probably have laughed. Yeah, yeah, then, you know, it's something, a game I wasn't even interested in playing until everybody, the things I heard about it. It's it's still crazy. They, They fucking did it. They made a good Destiny game. Now they just need to fix their mistakes that they've done with the paywalls and other stuff as well. And the expansions. But, yeah. yeah, and the expansions as well. That's but, good. Yeah. Other than that, I'm done. Yeah. I've, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. I forgot to mention real quick. Uh, another game, I, I played episode two of Life is Strange Before the Storm. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's the prequel to Life is Strange. Uh, that game is amazing. Uh, nah. i got one more episode to go. It just came out this week. Uh, 
I kind of I just want to wait until they uh, they all kind of, they're all out so I can finish the season up. So they're out now. Uh, yeah, that game is way better than I ever thought and hoped it could be. So and I am extremely sad. There's only three episodes, and we're never going to see the, get to see these characters again. Uh, um, I'll talk about it more next week and the week after that probably. Um, speaking of, and the reason why I'll be talking about them more often is because. Um, Next week, uh, we have a tentative uh, day scheduled with Juzzy, Justin, uh, about recording um, our Game of the Year shows. Uh, and also, we're, uh, we're going to do... So next week, so kind of explain the timeline of what's going on, is um, I'm not going to say how many episodes it's going to be, because I always plan for two, and then last year was like four parts. Uh, <clears throat> we get a little long-winded sometimes, but it's Game of the Year, you know, it's whatever. Fucking giant bombs get released in 27 hours of Game of the Year shit this week. So oh, God. We can do a few hours if we want. Um, but, uh, so next week we're going we're gonna to do like a, a review game. 2017 year review. Uh, we started really just doing it last year. Um, but it was it was really fun to do and I thought kind of fun to kind of expand upon things. Not just talk about our 10 favorite games, but talk about, you know, most disappointing game, uh, worst game, uh, most surprise, uh, Things you want to see for next year, you know, just overall, talk about more than just these ten games we loved, and give some games that maybe that aren't going to be on those lists a little more, a um, little more time to shine, I guess. And uh, it was a fun show to do. Um, we're going to do that, and then we're also uh, on the same night we're going to re-record all of our, uh, do our top ten uh, show. Um, it's personally my favorite shows to do every year. Um, Game of the Year has always been my favorite show. But now the, the year review stuff is really fun to do too. Um, just fun to hear you guys' list and the reasons why. And it's fun to have those little battles in your head. Um, you know, battles. I personally, I've been avoid having uh, for months, um, and now we're forced to have them. And now I got to make decisions about uh, games. Um, and like I said, I said a few weeks ago, this year not so much fun. There's too many. De- there's, you know, yeah. We had a discussion how there's too many games coming out nowadays. There's too many really good games coming out nowadays, uh, and uh, it sucks. Like there's like six or seven like possible like all time great games that came out this year, and now I gotta have fucking decide which one's my game of the year when they would have came out any other year. Some of these games would be my game of the year. Um, but yeah, that's all gonna happen uh, next week. We'll. You'll hear about them over the next few weeks, um, but for us, it's all going to happen next week. Uh, so just want to give everybody a heads up about that. Uh, so yeah, so expect the next few weeks just being uh, game of the year stuff and uh, you know talking about some of the best and worst of 2017. Uh, There's a lot of bads in 2017, but gaming wise, it was excellent. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's kind of what's going to be happening with us. Uh, this is our last regular show of the year. Um, so I just wanted to kind of say everybody real quick, uh, thank you, uh, for sticking with us here. Well, you've been with us from fucking the original Drunk Nashers podcast all the way back in May of 2013 and, uh, already joined us a few weeks ago or sometime throughout this year. Uh, just want to thank, say thank you to this, thank you, you guys. Uh, I lost, I forgot what the count was, but I actually like counted how many episodes we released this year and we released, uh, just new episodes, not including the, the flashback stuff. Uh, like 60 episodes this year. That's awesome. Yeah, there's not even fucking 60 episodes or 60 weeks in a year. 
uh, and we released we released that many shows. Uh, so and we've both of you and I have only taken off one week this year. Yep. Uh, and that was just during E3, and that week we released like there's really that's one of the reasons why we released so many episodes this year. We released like eight episodes in like a fucking week span, uh, and we still haven't missed a week at all. We're like. 200 we've almost like i think we're around 200 straight weeks of releasing a podcast um wow which is really cool it's something i'm still very proud of doing uh we only ever missed the one week and uh yeah um yeah thank you guys oh i mean if you if you combine everything together we've released about 100 podcasts this year if you include the flashback stuff uh and there's still i think two more of those coming out this week um, this show's coming out, should be coming out on Monday, Christmas Day. You'll, you'll know when you hear it. Um, but yeah, there's still episode 43 and 44 of the Drunk Nerds flashback, uh, will be coming out. Those are going to be ending soon, probably in the next few months. I think there's only like 60 of them to release. Um, but yeah, <clears throat> once again, start, start rambling there. Uh, but yeah, once again, I want to thank you guys. Uh, this year has been, uh, for I think the fourth straight year or third straight year, um, the highest downloaded most downloaded year for us um that we've ever had um last nice. month was one of our most um downloaded months ever uh wow yeah so thank you guys thank you um for listening to us um you know we love doing this show um we like i think gables and i would still sit there and bullshit about games all the time uh whether we we're recording this or not um yep but it's great to know we have people listening to us uh, you know, tell and talk to us about it. Tell us, uh, tell us what you think about it. And if you guys don't know where to do that at, I have the answers for you right here. Uh, if you want to, we have a Facebook page, Drunk Nerds Podcast. Just like like us, and there's also a group. Fucking join us. We've had a few new people join action last month or so. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. So check us out in those places. Uh, uh, on those on Facebook, check us out there. On Twitter, uh, Drunk Nerds Pod at Drunk Nerds Pod. Follow us on there. Uh, I, I run that one. I I'll tweet on there every now and again. Uh, send us a message on there. Hit us up. Tell us what you think. Uh, retweet it. Tell people. It's, it's, uh, it's great. More people can hear from us or hear of us. Uh, on, um, YouTube, it is Drunk Nerds Podcast. Uh, or no, it's just Drunk Nerds. I'm sorry. Um, subscribe to us on there and, uh, the podcast goes up there. Give a big thumbs up, please. Um, and, you know, share it. Just share everything that we do. Um, Except those nudes of me on the internet. Don't don't share those. Just leave them where they are. <laughs> That's where they should be. Nobody should go there. Just leave them where they be. Leave them where they lie. Um, but no. Uh, also on Twitch, we are uh, Drunk Nerds Podcast on there. Follow us on there. Send us friend requests. Friends are good. We like friends. And then also, obviously, on iTunes, uh, we are there. Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Subscribe, please. Leave us a five-star review. Uh, leave uh, leave some nice little words. It's really great. Like I like reading thing good things about me. Um, it's always fun when that those happen. But yeah, uh, check us out all there. Thanks again, guys, for uh, being with us this year. I uh, hope you guys all have or had a wonderful Christmas. Uh, fucking Hanukkah. Whatever the hell you celebrate or you don't celebrate, I don't give a shit. Hope you guys enjoyed the long weekend. Uh, I was host. I was Tyler. And I have been Colonel Gables, so until next time, everyone, have yourself a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and you know what, just go ahead and relax yourself and pop yourself a cap off and enjoy some bit of the Drunk Dash Nerds podcast. Oh yeah. See you in 2018, bitches.
Excuse me, you too many beers there. Anyways, we're on iTunes now, so go on there, check us out, and if you like us, leave us a review, and we'll even shout you out, and Jack will send you his credit card number. <laughs>